Welcome to Better Cast Saul, the officially unofficial podcast for Better Call Saul on AMC. I'm Jim. I'm Alexis. And today we're talking season six, episode eight, Point and Shoot. Uh, Alexis, what do you think about this episode? I thought it was extremely entertaining to see Lalo doing his thing one more time. Mm-hmm. And really just everybody in this episode really was given 100%. Oh, yeah. It was really good. What did you think? Uh, yeah, I agree. I thought it was great. Um, I thought the tension... Even though we kind of already know, you know, basically how it works out mm-hmm. and kind of how it was going to work out that way, too, with the gun, the Gus hid and everything. There weren't any huge surprises, um, right. but I felt it was super tense because of all the timing involved in everything. Right. Like there were several different groups of people and several threads going and it was like, how is this all going to come together? Um, and so, yeah, I found it very tense. Like you said, I found it. Uh, extremely good on the acting side. I think a lot of these people, the Emmy nominations just came out recently and a lot of these people have been nominated for Emmys. Yeah, it's not year. surprising. Yeah, um, well earned, I would say, uh, especially in those opening scenes with yeah. Lalo and Kim and Jimmy. Uh, those, that stuff was great. But yeah, I, I really enjoyed this episode. It was, it was a hell of a way to come back from a break, I'll tell you that. Yeah, for sure. I'm <laughs> just to the point where I'm actually surprised that they didn't save this, you know? Yeah, I, yeah, they could have spun it out a little bit longer, but... And it feels like they've almost dealt with all business. Like, when I think back to Breaking Bad, I feel like there was still a lot of business going until the very last episode. Mm-hmm. Am I wrong about that? I know you recently watched the show again. It, the The last few episodes, things definitely slowed down a little bit. Okay. In the sense that there's really only one major plot point we're trying to follow at that point. I don't know how much I actually want to spoil that, but... Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Yeah. So maybe it is more like Breaking Bad than I remembered. Um, But yeah, there just doesn't seem a lot to do in the next, what, six episodes? Close the book on Lalo. Seven. Lalo and Gus. their, Their fight, so... Yeah, and I guess like maybe Hector is still, you know, still spoiling for a fight with Gus, but he has nothing to fight with. Mm-hmm. He's got his cousins, but we know kind of how that goes too. So, yeah, I I don't know. I mean, Kim and Jimmy is obviously still a question mark, right? How do they end this series? So we've got quite a few episodes to deal with that, but they got to do more. It makes me wonder. There are a few things actually that make me wonder if maybe we'll get more Gene than we thought. Hmm. Um, even though we were speculating, well, we might get a whole episode of Gene. Uh, <laughs> we might get several. I don't know. Um, one of the things is the intro of this episode is very black and white. Like all the color is gone from what used to be a very colorful intro and it's been degrading and degrading. Yeah, that's and true. And to me, that signifies like, oh, this is Gene, right? Yeah. Like his stuff is all shot in black and white. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a thing at the end and I don't know if this is on the end of every version of this episode, but where we watched it on Amazon Prime, there's a, uh, a little, it's just a shot, honestly, of mm-hmm. Saul's office. And over it, there is the lines, essentially one day we'll wake up and realize we haven't thought about these events at all. Um, and they'll be sort of, you know, in our past. Mm-hmm. And that's all in black and white, too. And I'm starting to think, like, maybe there's going to be more Gene stuff than we thought. 
That would be that would be really interesting because I do think in terms of present day stuff, other than dealing with Kim and Jimmy's guilt mm-hmm. over what has just happened, doesn't seem like there are a lot of dots to connect between yeah. the between the end of this and the beginning of Breaking Bad. And they kind of dealt with all going business, so all the cartel stuff for sure. Yeah, I mean, I I guess we are probably going to see Gus starting to finish the lab out yeah yeah we'll probably see that we'll probably now see, that he doesn't have to hide anymore i don't know juan bull said doing stuff i maybe a little bit a lot yeah ago. all those fools are still alive but like you could do everything that i think is still outstanding you could do in an episode or yeah. maybe two but we have like five se- five episodes left five is it 13 yeah. episodes total mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. I thought we had like six or seven, but no, still, we have five. five I mean, lot. still, it still feels pretty generous. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, oh, I'm so interested to see. What I have faith be? that it won't be boring. Right? Oh no! Whatever absolutely. they're going to do is going to be interesting at the least, and mm-hmm. maybe even exciting. So I think so. A lot of people were saying that the show really needs to stick the landing, which you could say about most shows, but. Right. <laughs> but yeah, definitely. We've been trying to build towards so much here. We need to see we need to see the end of these stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have faith in them to do that as well with Absolutely. how well they did Breaking Bad's ending. Yeah, we'll get there. So our first teaser from coming back from the break finds us beachside with loafers drifting in the surf. The camera pulls back to reveal Howard's Jaguar with his wallet and wedding band stacked on the dashboard. Mm-hmm. How was the How was the pace of this for you? <laughs> this was tolerable. <laughs> this was tolerable. I like this. I saw you getting a little twitchy at the very beginning with the the beach. Well, I knew, sand. right? I knew they're gonna do this thing, and if it's gonna be like, I, I, if if it's not gonna be information that I can actually parse, I don't know that I'm thrilled with it. But I I could, right? I knew. I saw the car. I knew mm-hmm. even before they showed the license plate, like, oh, this is Howard's car. Yeah, this is much more of a classic Breaking Bad-esque teaser. I think so. Like there's something even, bad has happened to someone. Uh, you know, we already knew that something bad happened to yeah. him, right? But And like, there's a car with a door open with the keys still in the engine. <laughs> yeah. This is not the first time that's happened either. No, obviously they made it look like he had committed suicide. They made and it look like he walked into the fucking ocean, which I have considered doing many times but wow (laughs) i this was the beyond the pale shit i was looking for i guess like getting howard killed unintentionally is one thing and Mm -hmm. that that would have been beyond the pale but then like bringing him all the way down right like his reputation yeah they wanted to ruin his reputation a little bit or get a get a little dirty Mm -hmm. this is all the way down right like well because he he can't come back from it he's not alive to defend himself anymore yeah so this is yeah pretty bad it's terrible and they didn't even get what they wanted to get out of it i don't think yeah what's cliff's reaction to this gonna be yeah i guess we do we do really have to settle up the sandpiper stuff and she Oof. didn't go to that meeting right she turned around to help she Jimmy, turned around so to come back yep pretty sure that's gonna be an issue mm-hmm. and you know it's i don't know yeah everything's up in the it's air messy. now got so messy so fast and it might be the least of Kim's worries is whether or not she's going to have this public defender pro bono right. uh, law firm or not. 
No, she's much more concerned about someone dying under her watch. And also, she was very much about to kill somebody. Oh, yeah. For Jimmy. Yeah. I can't wait to talk about that scene. Yeah. Maybe we should. That's rough. All right. Our first scene picks up where Seven left off with the candle flame. Lala gives the pair some directions and heads out on his own. Okay. Very vague description of that (laughs) That scene. The most vaguely. That you could have described that scene. Um, so there's so much here. Yeah. Let's maybe start with the the idea. You know, Lalo says to Jimmy, hey, you're going to go to what we know is Gus's house and you're going to kill him and take a picture and come back. And he says, no, you should send Kim to do it. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not 100% sure, certain if this is a noble sacrifice on his part or a cowardly weasel way out. If it definitely feels like it could go either way, right? Yeah. Bit of column A, bit of column B. I think they play it more as like a noble sacrifice. Yeah, definitely. Because he's putting himself in the room that he knows is dangerous as mm-hmm. opposed to going to Gus's house, which might be dangerous, might not be. Um, especially if he shows up and Mike sees him, like it's not going to be that dangerous. But also the idea of like having to kill somebody, I think is like, is not something to be taken lightly. And yeah. I don't think the show ever does when it when it has innocent people or or let's say like subordinate or weaker people kill people. It loves to do that, right? Like mm-hmm. you think about Jesse going and killing Gail. Yeah. Uh, it it really made a meal out of that. Um, and I feel like it's it's a bigger thing than the show is making of it for someone to murder somebody in cold blood like that. And that's why I say, like, I don't know if making Kim go murder someone is helping her or hurting her. Yeah, it's it's wild. And just the fact that he does not realize that he's actually sending her sort of into a worse situation in some ways. Could be, certainly. I don't know that he's aware of the interaction she's had with Mike. He's Oh, he's definitely not. I'm just saying right. that's, like, he doesn't realize that he yeah, is kind so of he sending can. her straight into the lion's den. Yeah, so he must think, like, oh, this could be super dangerous she could get killed there i yeah and maybe yeah. part of him is hoping that she will just kind of keep driving maybe mm-hmm. she won't even bother going maybe yeah. yeah then that would be a sacrifice i think yep but uh i like so much about this scene like we said the acting is amazing mm-hmm. kim is yeah she's wow. doing she's the incredible most in yeah scene, she looks legit scared yeah and and jimmy looks scared but like almost in a shock kind of way right he hasn't fully processed howard Mm -hmm. laying on the floor in front of him dead yeah uh i love the touch that they're both in bare feet here (laughs) makes it so much worse so much scarier just the idea that like you couldn't really run super effectively you couldn't run like there's pooling blood all around you Mm -hmm. that you might have to step in oh my god when they have to like step over howard to get to the couch it's rough yeah something about putting them in bare feet there just makes it worse also i have to look at their disgusting human feet (laughs) man you really don't like feet (laughs) (laughs) uh i really love the the moving chair cam where they attach a camera yeah. to the chair as Lalo slides it up to mm. Jimmy's butt. Yes. <laughs> Unnecessary, but appreciated. Yeah, just it just another just another weird shot to kind of put you out of your comfort zone. Just yeah. make you a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah, and a, a flourish. There are a couple of flourishes in this episode, uh, stylistically that I really like. 
yeah, the directing was good in this. Very. The shooting. Uh, another little touch I like in this scene when, you know, Lalo agrees to send Kim instead of Jimmy and he, you know, they give her the keys and she, she's on her way out and he says, hey, put your shoes on. You might need those. And she does and she's about to leave and she says, or he says to her, he, he, he a couple times in this scene calls her Mrs. Goodman. Mm-hmm. I think it's a nice touch because it both kind of reminds you what Jimmy and her mean to each other, right? right? They're married at this point and it's not her name, mm-hmm. right? But it's also like saying in a way, because it's not his real name, it's like the pseudonym that's tied up in the underworld and all that. It's like kind of saying, hey, you guys made this mess together, right? you know? You're not innocent of everything here. And I don't think, I don't know that Lalo is intending it to say that, but it does when I'm a viewer and I'm watching it. Definitely. No, no. In terms of like tearing into them for ruining a man's life, basically, or trying to, I think Mike (laughs) more than takes care of that later on. He he gets his barbs in. Yeah. Toward the end. Totally. So. Oh, yeah. I have more on this scene. Please do. If you want to keep going on it, uh, I I agree with Lalo. A taupe Ford Taurus is a terrible <laughs> car and the worst possible color for a terrible car. It's bad enough that it's a Ford Taurus, but uh, you really, yeah, making a taupe is just. You really, the, the, there was a checkbox on the form that just said, <laughs> fuck my shit up, and you checked it. Yes. <laughs> uh, the other thing I love is when Jimmy tries to get out of the chair. Um <laughs> And he falls over and he ends up face to face with Howard. Yeah. Which is, they do this shot every once in a while in Breaking Bad. Um, I remember it when Gus's partner got killed, I think, in -hmm. in Breaking Bad. Max, yeah. Max. um, And he was by the pool and they had them kind of face to face in this position. Yeah. With with Don Hector's foot on his neck, making him look at Max. Yeah. So I thought that was a nice uh, touch there. It was. It was a good echo. Get another sort of face-to-face body scene at the end, which oh, yeah. is really, for as simple of a shot as it was, it was very affecting to me. Yeah. Like it really, it kind of upset me. It actually upset me. Yeah, they really, like the state of Howard's body really went it's, to shit. It's rough. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what kind of vitamins and stuff he was taking when he was alive, but those just drained out of his body immediately when he died. They did a good job with the, I, I, it had to have been an effect on his eyes. It made him look like he had Ooh. like fish market eyes, basically. Cloudy yeah. eyes. Ugh. Yep. Yeah, he hasn't been dead that long. He's been dead a few hours at that point. So mm-hmm. I'm surprised he was as as affected by death as he was at that moment. <laughs> but what do I know? Maybe we have some undertakers. Maybe we have some coroners oh, God. in sure. the crowd out there who can tell us like how realistic it is for the body to look like Howard's did a few hours after death. Yeah, definitely. Definitely share that information with us. <laughs> that is something that we want to hear. Yeah, we want to yeah, hear. I guess. I don't know. Are you quite finished, sir? Are you quite done? Next scene. (laughs) Okay. So we're going to follow Kim on our way to Gus's. Luckily, Mike swoops in before she can shoot anyone and girls are 
and Gus smells a rat and leaves for the lavanderia. Does make me wonder if anybody else showed up at this door, do they bag him and gag him like they did with Kim? Like, is that the, just the procedure? Like, anybody shows up at the store, grab him. I would think and then so. How do you explain Especially to a civilian? A Oops. <laughs> like, what if this was a Girl Scout, right? Delivering right. cookies. Would they bag her and tag her? I assume, because they have cameras on the door, that they just <laughs> ignore it. I'm assuming Mike swooped, swooped in uh, because she was pointing a gun right at the door. You think you think it's above Lalo to use a Girl Scout to assassinate Gus? I don't. No, but I do think a Girl Scout in the middle of the night would be far too obvious. <laughs> It'd be weird. It would be weird. Sure. But yeah, I mean, some some jogger or something comes up to the door. I don't know. Yeah. How would they explain that to them? Well, we're just grabbing and abducting anybody. You know, <laughs> we thought you were the pizza guy. What? So you wanted to abduct a pizza guy? <laughs> right. <laughs> There's more to the story. Yep. On the way to Gus's house, Kim pulls a classic Skylar White, which is to say she had the opportunity to mm. tell the cops what was going on, and she chose not to. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough to blame her. I No, for sure. Like, as far as she knows, she does that, and Jimmy dies. Mm-hmm. Totally. And I, Skylar was trying to protect her family and everything, too. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, while we were watching the episode the first time, you said something to the effect of, she's not going to tell these people that there's a bad man in her house. Like, well, that's what Skylar White did, too. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> not tell anybody there was a bad man in her house. Very true. Yeah. She, she told the cops there was a bad man, but she wouldn't say why he was bad, and therefore they couldn't do anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She gave them nothing. Yep. Less than nothing. Um, at some point, at the end of the scene, once once Kim is in place in Gus's house, sitting by herself, Gus realizes that, or he thinks he realizes, he makes a connection that it probably didn't matter who was sent on this terrible errand, and if it didn't matter, then it was a distraction. Yeah. Uh, a little bit before that happens um it, you know kim is being questioned by mike mm-hmm. to try and figure out what's happening here and i i love the moment they they still sneak in small comedic moments every now and then even in a very tense episode and i love it when he mike says you know what what were you who did he tell you to kill or what did he tell you to do? And she looks around and she points at the nerdy glasses wearing dude and says to shoot him. And it's the body double, obviously, but it's hilarious to me. Obvious. Yeah. Yeah. The dollar store. Gustavo Frank. Uh huh. Yeah. No, it was good. That that was definitely a a laugh out loud moment. So there's uh, also the moment where Kim's walking up to the door, which I forgot to talk about which is very reminiscent of the scene in Breaking Bad where Walter is going to do the same thing, right? He's going to mm-hmm. walk up and shoot Gus in the face. Right, that's his grand his plan. <laughs> right. <laughs> and he gets warned off by Mike who calls. And I, I want to say Mike just says don't to him or something like that, which was very reminiscent to me of what happens in this series in like season three or whatever, when Mike is going to kill Hector with yep. the sniper rifle in the desert, 
And Gus leaves a note on his car that just says, don't. Yep. I, I feel like <laughs> there's all this rhyming in this show, right? And these, yeah. these weird reflections of things that have happened before. And that's part of what makes it so rich and interesting. Uh, I don't know if it's there for me to connect and intentional, but my brain's doing that. Yeah, for sure. And it gives us that much more to talk about, which is useful. True. Do we have anything else for this scene? Uh, I do like how smart they're showing Lalo to be. Um, you know, Kim says here, where were you? Right. I thought you were following yeah. me. And then it kind of hits home. Oh, right. Mike had to pull all his guys off of the non-essential targets. Mm-hmm. Right. Because um, they're being spread too thin. And that was after Lalo had revealed himself to Hector and at the same time knowingly revealed himself to Gus. Yeah. So that Gus would make a move. Right. All the guys got pulled off Kim, all the unimportant targets. It turns out that actually wasn't a super important target. Mm-hmm. He just didn't realize why it would be. And now Lalo is outsmarting them again by getting their guys to get to off the laundromat so that he yeah. can sneak in. It's like, I really love, you know, and we'll get there later on, but I really love how Lalo's like on the fly sort of planning mm-hmm. and in the moment thinking is going up against Gus's pre-planning. Well, yeah, he's using he's using chaos to his advantage. Yes. Which is literally, yeah, like you said, exactly. Gus hates chaos. Yeah. yeah. Gus, I mean, you can watch him fold a tie Disorder. and go, this is a man who hates chaos. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, so the rest of this episode really kind of does a little bit of cutting back and forth between or at least this part of the episode, it cuts for- back and forth between the apartment and the laundromat. Yeah, building that tension, that timing tension. Exactly, I was that about. timing tension. Um, so in in this period, Mike and his crew show up at the apartment, and they say we don't want to spook the neighbors, and they all all these men in black converge in the middle of the night. <laughs> right, <laughs> Not a single right. apartment. They all, all go up the guns, stairs, reaching yeah. into their coats. Yeah, yeah, very subtle, very subtle. Um, and after that. Unless you have something to say about it. Uh, Gus goes to the laundromat. Mm-hmm. He has decided that that is where Lalo is. And he's right. Because Lalo comes out of the shadows and shoots everybody but him. Yeah, Gus smells crime. <laughs> uh, I, I love, you know, how the show is is spooling all this out, right? Because, mm-hmm. like, we've seen him go to the vent. We know that he got into the laundromat. All right. But watching Gus go through the the just the process of figuring out what's going on here is intriguing to me because the way they're shooting it, a, um, you know, they have the sound that's going off in the background that you can kind of hear. It's very horror movie. The way that they shoot this part of the scene. Definitely. And it's also, I think interesting because like when they shoot Gus, they're shooting him from the side and you can mostly see like his ear. Mm-hmm. And you can you can almost see his ear twitch right when the, <laughs> when he hears the squeaky fan. Right, you're you're looking at his ear as he hears it, and then he turns to the place where now the camera is filming from, and mm-hmm. he looks at you almost. It's it's very good. I mean, the direction on this episode in particular, I think, is excellent, and a lot of this show is excellently directed. It really is. I it is also just so cool to see this character who ends up being like a little bit of his own boogeyman in Breaking Bad. 
Sure. His character is so scared in this moment. Like, he's actually scared. Yeah. In this moment and later, after after the shooting stops. Definitely. <laughs> uh, I couldn't help but think when Mike's guys are all, like, surrounding the building, uh, Kim's apartment, they needed Nacho there. Because Nacho could just <laughs> grab one of those downspouts. Uh-huh. And just shimmy right up. Yeah. Yeah, just Catman his way up those things. Yep, just like a sewer Coming rat. through the balcony door. <laughs> That's the thing about the tension in this episode. On second watch, the first watch, it was extremely tense. And I'm like, okay, how are all these pieces going to time out just right so that Mike can be there to protect Gus? Mm -hmm. Turns out he's not there to protect Gus. Uh, Actually, he hates that Gus went out on his own and did his detective work. (laughs) Yeah, he scolds him for it later. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So on second watch, like, there's not... All this tension that they're building is like a false tension because none of it comes to fruition, right? It doesn't need to be this intense timing thing because the timing doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I suppose it would matter like after the fact if that 13 minutes or whatever that Lalo supposedly had a head start on him had expired, but it didn't. We didn't even get that far. Yeah. So none of it really matters, but it was still very tense. It was tense. And it was just a scary situation all around. And we know, even knowing still... Even knowing that Gus is going to be fine. Mm-hmm. He's bulletproof, basically. And knowing multiple that ways. Jimmy is fine, too, because Lalo isn't in that apartment, right? Mm-hmm. All this is still very tense. Yeah. It's wild. It's a good time. Uh, I really liked Lalo just coming out and murdering all four guards with these. That yeah. seems very Lalo. And then he makes a very controversial statement where he says... It's a shame they don't make armor for your head. They do make armor for your head, Lalo. It's called a helmet. It's called a helmet, yeah. What the hell? What? I didn't even, ah, uh, two watches. I didn't even catch that line. That's hilarious. Really? Yeah. Yeah, he knocks on his chest thing and mm. says, two brother will make armor for your head. You dip. Wow, yeah. What the hell? Just because you wouldn't wear it because it would ruin your hair doesn't mean other people wouldn't wear it. Right. Ugh. Uh, after so after putting down all of Gus's bodyguards, we cut back to Mike ungagging Jimmy and getting two or trying to get two key pieces of information out of him. But all he really gets is that Lalo left at the same time, basically as Kim, right after Kim left. Yeah, which is better than I expected. Yeah, and they just leave him there. <laughs> Sure, why not? Get more important things to do. I'm sure they left a guard. Yeah, a couple guards behind. Yeah. So after he leaves there, well, okay, he leaves. And we come back to Gus. And Gus takes Lalo to the Super Lab site. He gets shot, takes a minute to tell the camera exactly what he thinks of the Salamancas, then executes his hidden gun plan. Which nobody, nope, nobody forgot that, right? Nobody, nobody forgot, forgot that, that there right? was a. A hidden gun down there. <laughs> they made a point of showing us. I'm like, yeah, it's the number one thing on my mind. Thanks, show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's literally the last time we saw this super lab was Gus planting a gun. Yeah. I, I spoke to someone today uh, who was a casual watcher, and even he said that he did sort of vaguely remember Okay. that. Yeah, I didn't know if they were counting on us forgetting, but. Yeah, well, it's, yeah, it's kind of hard for us to say because we watch everything so many times right right we know exactly where everything is at all times 
I was wondering, Gus puts up a little bit of a fight here. You know, mm-hmm. he's pretty defiant when he says, you know, you're going to take me to the, the super lab or whatever. Give me the tour. Yeah. And Gus, you know, turns and just looks at him. And then That's why I get shot. shoots him. Yeah. I, I don't know if, like, it was his intention to take a bullet there, but is he putting up a fight here so Lalo won't think, oh, he's leading me into a trap? Maybe. Or maybe, yeah, it could be both. And it could just be that he fucking hates Lalo and he doesn't want to give him anything. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. No, that's a, that's a good um, way to look at it, though. Because, yeah, if he was super eager to take him down there. Right. Lalo is uh, very, very intuitive. He has that kind of intuitive intelligence, which is why he can do stuff on the fly so well. Yeah, and I love that because it's a different type of intelligence than Gus, right? Gus thinks about mm-hmm. everything, pre-plans everything, which, I mean, look at the gun, right? Yeah. Like, obviously, Gus's way of doing things worked out here. Um, but yeah, I've, I found it interesting having those two types of intelligences pitted against each other. Yeah, I actually think it might be a little bit of a shame that we didn't get more of that. I don't know. It wouldn't have yeah. like served the story in any useful way, but just for pure enter- entertainment value. Right. I would have liked seeing a little bit more of a cat and mouse between Lalo and Gus. We get so much of that in Breaking Bad. I That's mean, Walt, Walt is yeah. kind of like that, right? He's not the pre-planner. He's the the guy who takes a bad situation and goes, oh, God, how do I get myself out of this? The difference is that Walt has no charisma whatsoever. So I, <laughs> right. He's so I still hate him. So I hate him no matter what. Lalo, like, I know he's a freaking monster, but he's yeah. also super charismatic. So somehow I don't hate him. Yep. Ugh. Yeah, his line, his line in the first scene that he's in in this episode where he's like, your mouth, Dios mio. <laughs> <It's> oh, so he's <good>. so good. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, he's an entertaining character to watch. Speaking of Breaking Bad callbacks, this video that he's recording to Eladio reminds me a lot of the one that Walt was recording in the very first episode mm. of Breaking Bad when <laughs> yep. he thinks the jig is up, the police are coming to get him. Right. He's outside like the burnt out RV or it's in a ditch. Chemical yeah. RV. He's in his underwear. He's pointing <laughs> what I think might even be the same exact model of camera. I can't remember at himself and like filming the video to his family. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. That was definitely one of those like recurring motif sort of moments. Mm-hmm. How fitting. That Lalo would die with a smile on his face. Yeah. Laughing because he got he got outgotted by the chicken man. Yeah. I feel like it's a very fatalist kind of look yeah. on life. He yeah, he always struck me as not having a care in the world. He's whistling and singing and cooking and You can find the humor in all kinds of weird situations too. Yeah. Like all all different kinds of humor. Sometimes black humor. Mm-hmm. Like in this situation. That was good. It was it was a good end to the character. I'm I'm sad to see him go, but yeah, he went the right way. I think. I think so. And we were right. I agree. We were right under the super lab. Yeah, I have all kinds of questions about that. Let's let's talk about that in the <laughs> the last scene there. Yeah, we got a scene. couple. We got a couple more scenes to go. Yeah. Oh man, what about Gus? Colin Donaladio, or yeah, a pimp. <laughs> a bloated, <laughs> something bloated pimp. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty good. <laughs> what? Yeah, boy, he lets him have it. Really huh? tore into him. Yeah, that was that was pretty good. 
It's another moment of catharsis. Yeah, it's like the opposite of Walt telling his family he loves them. <laughs> Everything I did was for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's good. Didn't I feel like Jesse had a scene like that too? In, in there Breaking was Bad, there was a tape he, that Hank got a hold of, off. I think. Oh, that he's telling somebody off. Mm-hmm. And now I'm trying to remember exactly who it was that he was being so vehement about. Was it Walt? I think it was Hank. Was I, it I think Hank? after Hank beat him up. Mm. Well, he was saying it to Walt because Walt was visiting him in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Is this what you're thinking of? And it, Jesse has like these massive maybe. swollen face. It's oh, horrible yeah, looking. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. That is what I'm thinking of. But I'm also, see, and this is me uh, mixing characters' vibes because occasionally Nacho had a, same, a similar vibe to Jesse. Mm-hmm. Nacho gets his tearing into the Salamanca's moment right before he dies oh, too. Oh, yes. Yeah. He does. Ended better for Gus. Ended for Nacho. Yep. Definitely. I I wonder where that tape is right now. We always wondered about the tape that mm-hmm. Walt mm-hmm. left in the desert. Yeah. If it would ever come back to him to bite him. It never did. Never did. I assume Gus is way too studious to let this tape go anywhere. Oh, yeah. Of course. No, that thing's destroyed. I assume so. I wish they would have shown it being yeah. destroyed well yeah five more episodes <laughs> maybe they showed mike throwing the camera in the hole at Did the they? very end of the episode I, he throws a lot of stuff in i it was so dark i couldn't really tell okay. what it was gotcha but i assume it was like guns and ids and all yeah. that stuff speaking of probably camera things that were and were not thrown into that hole well we'll get to that at that scene but yeah i got questions okay about some extra bodies me too <laughs> Uh, so after man, after watching Lalo die laughing, we cut to Lyle mm-hmm. opening Los Pollos for the morning. Uh, he gets his temporary marching orders on the phone call with Gus while Gus is getting patched up on the other end. Yeah, Pretty badass. I love that. Actively operating Gus. on Gus while yeah. he's talking to Lyle. <laughs> uh, I love Lyle. He's so. He's just such an underling. He's just such a suck up wimp boy. I I don't know what to call him. Wow. He's just a subservient cuck kid. I <laughs> right? Jeez. Not He's, the words I use. He has woken up, showered, shaved, gotten dressed, gone to work all before dawn. He's singing the Los Pollos theme song to himself as he walks much. into work. He's got a he Los gets Pollos a phone call dangler. from his boss and he says, it's dark outside. The sun hasn't even come up. He yeah. says, I'm not late, am I? Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Am I late, Mr. Fring? Yeah, fuck, Lyle. Come on, man. <laughs> Self-respect. I don't know, man. If I had a boss like Gus <laughs> and I saw some of the things that I saw that Lyle has seen, maybe I'd be a little bit scared too. Maybe I'd be wanting to make sure that my T's were crossed. I suppose. I don't know. And I love watching Lyle, but my God, man. <laughs> he is not he is not in Breaking Bad. What's he making? Nine twenty five an hour? In what? Two thousand he's, he's a manager. Five, whatever. Yeah. He's an assistant manager. He's not even the manager of the store. Yeah. He's temporary manager now. Pathetic. (laughs) (laughs) 
I I do, yeah. Telling him that he has to open and close two days in a row. That's a little offering to take him to the airport. That part. My yeah. God, Lyle. <laughs> this is how you know. This is how you know. This isn't filmed in Southern California because nobody wants to take anybody to LAX. Oh yeah, LAX is a nightmare. Yeah. Anyway, that's my rant on Lyle closed. <laughs> I didn't know you had such strong feelings <laughs> about the about the kid. I thought he was just kind of loyal. I didn't know What's I did until this episode What's wrong with loyalty, Jim? Jeez. Nothing, nothing. Just have some self-respect in your loyalty. You ask me to do stuff, and I'm like, yeah, all right. Yeah, you ask me Does to do stuff, too. Does that make me a too. cuck? <laughs> no. <laughs> I can't imagine if Lyle asked his boss, if he asked Gus to do anything, that Gus would do it. That's the problem. There's no mutual respect here. <laughs> Lyle, he's not going to do anything for you. It's true, and he's going to make you scrub a fryer. Actually, I lie. I mean, Gus does treat him pretty well, right? He says, like, he treats I'll all make his employees the adjustment well. to your time card. He's super nice. Yeah, he tells him to get back. make a new schedule for people so that they know what their schedule's going to be in advance. That's probably better than any fast food boss. I know. That I, I kid. In the world. Like Gus is actually a very <laughs> good kid, boss, aside from the drug stuff. Uh, yeah, and he treats his employees well, and he probably does. Uh, indenture is that is that the word I'm looking for? A lot of uh, respect. Indenture. Yeah. From no, that's not the word I'm looking. It's for. not the word. That's, it's... that's more like forced. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot uh, more like forced. <laughs> Yeah, what was the word? I'm in, not in deer, not a. I know, I know. Shit, in gender, he engenders a lot of respect. You got it from his employees. So, like, yeah, I get it. I get it. Gus is a good boss, but man, if he wasn't singing the Los Pollos theme song, I wouldn't. I'm sorry, I got to keep going on this. The Los Pollos theme song is a bridge too far. I don't think anybody likes her job that much. Realistically, no. I don't think anybody is that like who for their corporation that they're working for, right? Look, I to a certain degree, I understand. Like, if they're playing the Los Pollos theme song all the time at work, maybe it's stuck in your head. Maybe you have no choice. Mm-hmm. Like, look, I worked at the electronics department in Walmart uh, at the time where Ricky Martin was very popular. Mm-hmm. I've lived in La Vida Loca stuck in my head to this day, <laughs> but I never heard the Los Pollos theme song playing in that store. That's this true. is his. He's probably planning on a tape on the way to work. Oh man. Sad. No, <laughs> you're right. You're right. I don't know. I this might be a song he made up. It could be. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's move on. Yeah. I'm lose let's... my mind. Mm-hmm. 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 So we're gonna cut back <laughs> to the apartment where Jimmy is watching Mike's guys from the safety of the bathroom. Kim and Mike show up, and Mike gives them the new story. I have nothing to say about this scene. You have nothing to say about refrigerators. Lyle has pushed all other information (laughs) out of my head. God. See, they did that to you. The editors did that to you. The refrigerator, yes. That's horrible. I hate hate it with every fiber of my being. As soon as I I saw them take a shelf out of the fridge, I was thinking, no. Please, no. Uh, you knew what the was fridge. coming. The fridge. I did. I did. I told you they were going to take him out in that fridge. Mm-hmm. And it's it's brilliant. It's, it's a great a idea. brilliant way to get rid of a body. Absolutely. But also, God, how undignified. What are you going to do? It's a, it's a 
it's not a human at that point. It's a pile of meat. Yeah. Stick it in the fridge. Get it out of here. I guess. It's not how Mike feels. Right. Mike still has some strong feelings about it. Yeah. We'll see that at the end. Mm-hmm. So this is where Mike takes the opportunity <laughs> to stick the knife in a little bit with Kim and Jimmy and tell them, this was your story that you were building on, you were working on anyway, right? That he was coked out of his mind. Well, mm-hmm. guess what? Now he was coked out of his mind and he committed suicide. There's a story. Yeah. Um, he says he's not coming back, which I laugh out loud at <laughs> uh, if I'm Jimmy. Like, yeah. you said that before, man. And yeah. this time, no, really, I mean it. He's not coming back. Sure. Sure thing. Yeah. Why not? I, okay. I, you know what? I have uh, a bug at my butt now. No. Yeah, this line only the only reason that line was delivered that way, and not him just telling him I saw his body, he's dead, mm-hmm. was because uh, Jimmy or Saul has the line in Breaking Bad yeah. about Lalo and Ignacio. Because this it. is the link, right? Yeah, that's like, the link. Mike said this once before, mm-hmm. and Lalo came back, and then Mike said this again. When is Lalo coming back? And that's exactly. that's been in his mind ever since. And so when and that's why he's taken to the desert like and there's a bag on his head. <laughs> Again, yeah. He assumes, oh, yeah, it's Lalo. Yep. So now we know. Now we know. I, th- I think that, that's been the question, like the number one question on everybody's mind. Sure. Why like, did he ask about Lalo? Yes. It's because he just didn't know for sure. Yeah. Apparently. I take slight issue with that. Because it is, it's like a line that is serving the purpose of the plot and not what he would actually say in that moment. I think Mike would actually say in that moment, I saw his body. He's dead. You don't Probably. have to think about it anymore. Yeah. We're, we're putting him in a hole. But instead, he leaves it vague. Yeah. So, yeah, Jimmy's going to have that boogeyman in the back of his mind through the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. I want to know when he shows up at the office at nine o'clock or whatever. What is Francesca going to think about Jimmy's behavior? Because there's no way he walks in and acts totally normal, right? No, and Francesca no, is could, too observant. She's too observant for sure. He could act. He could act like Saul Goodman at the you know drop of a hat, no problem. But sure. Saul Goodman is not you know a person. I guess that's one of the other things we need to see before this series ends fully is probably like where are the breadcrumbs to get Francesca from. The nice lady she has been to the <laughs> the completely cold, disillusioned <laughs> yeah, yeah over it woman that she is in Breaking Bad. Uh, I mean, we're definitely getting there. Like <laughs> the, I mean, the stuff we talked about with the decorating of the office is probably yeah. going to get her there alone. But that that that's a lot. Yeah, boy, that office looks different. Yes, in Breaking Bad. And then all these calls to strange numbers where she's lying and the, the probably illegal stuff. Yeah. She'll get there. I just, I guess I want to see a little bit more of that. Yeah. And this is a perfect opportunity, right? He mm-hmm. acts a little weird. She starts to hear some things, uh, you know, maybe overhears conversations with Kim, whatever. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? I don't know how much she would actually know about their association with like Hamlin's. Yeah, probably not much. Probably not much. The other thing in this scene is there's a another little mirror kind of thing happening here reflection of like jesse when he found woke up and found jane's body mm, when Walt mm-hmm. let her die uh 
the way Mike handles the situation, right? He sits right. Jesse down, who's distraught, who's shocked, can't can't even like form a sentence. He's like, I woke up, I found the body, that's all I know. Yep. And I woke up, I found the body, that's all I know. I need you to say it. Mm-hmm. And he Slap. does that again here with Kim and Jimmy, who were more responsive than Jesse was. He was gone. He was Jesse was always Jesse was always like two bad things away from a breakdown. Yeah. <laughs> but he it definitely reminded me of that moment. Definitely, yeah. I saw some of that on Reddit too. People saying sure. that echoed that moment. So we find ourselves in the final scene. Mm. We're with Mike and Tyrus as they oversee the group burial of Lalo and Howard in the foundation of the super lab. Mm-hmm. Sad. We knew it. So sad. Yes, one, we knew it. I think we all knew Lalo was going to be under there. But two, Howard with him. Yeah. The the mm, the dude who shot him just in completely cold blood, and mm-hmm. he's going to have to rest next to him till the end of time. That's fucked up, man. It's true. It's messed up. Yeah. Uh, it is pretty messed up. And, and Mike knows it, right? Mike pauses yeah. for a moment after they throw Howard's body into the hole. Uh, and I was trying to figure out why, because he doesn't really know Howard Hamlin. Mm-mm. Like, he doesn't have any personal connection to him at all. He hates when people who aren't involved in the business get hurt by the business. Yeah, in a sense. Yeah. I think that's what's really bothering him He's here. not in the game. Right. I, I can even see him actually knowing Howard slightly, right? He mm-hmm. was a parking lot attendant at the courthouse. Yeah. I'm sure Howard's been there numerous times. They must Definitely. have met at least Yeah. Um, in passing. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's really about that. It's about the the this person got caught up in a game they didn't know they were playing. Yeah. And it's sad. And it's brutally murdered. Not brutally, I guess. Is one of the gentler murders. And I mean, that's that's just like the tip of the iceberg on the fallout here. Like yeah. Kim and Jimmy have to really reckon. Like if Mike's standing over this whole reckoning with the death of an innocent, mm-hmm. I mean, what are they going to think? Because they brought Howard into this. They're yeah. not. They're not innocent. They they started the process. He wouldn't have been at their apartment, right? If they hadn't been trying to take him down for money. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if Kim gets past that. Yeah, maybe this is the thing that really messes her up forever. And what does that look like? We don't know. Nope. We're going to see. That'll be interesting. There was one, there was a shot early on in this episode where we are seeing Kim through the cameras in Gus's house. And Mm -hmm. she's like looking up at the camera, but we can't really see her face. It's just super grainy. Yeah. And the shot just lingers there for a moment before it moves on to something else. And that almost felt like a little bit of foreshadowing for me. Hmm. Like, she is going to be in another room with a camera pointed at her face at some point before this is over, I think. Another room with a camera? With a camera pointed at her face, yeah. Like? Either an interrogation room or... Okay. Yeah, something about that felt... I don't know. It made my ominous. it made me, yeah it's it was just, ominous fine yeah. it made my spidey sense tingle a little bit sure and yeah. the fact that it was so granulated we couldn't see her face she doesn't exist in Breaking Bad even though she is so important to Jimmy right and Jimmy is so important to her they yeah. really drive that it? home this episode <laughs> <laughs> yeah we got another five episodes to figure it out Whew. rough 
there's one thing I know you want to talk about with yes. these bodies. Yeah. Okay. Maybe it was just in service of the shot, which really, again, it really bothered me seeing Howard and Lalo in that hole together, just like jumbled legs and stuff. That mm-hmm. really bothered me. But where? what about the other four guys that he shot? <laughs> right. where, where they go? Is it a different hole? And why? Oh, why not bury them down here as well? Yeah. Like, it's the safest thing to do. They died in the laundromat. Just mm-hmm. take them downstairs. Uh, yeah, my only guess is... Is there a different procedure for when mercenaries get killed? Uh, surely not. <laughs> I mean, you still have to get rid of the body, right? I would think so, yeah. It's like you can explain it away. No. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I mean, my guess is maybe they're going to dig some more holes after <laughs> they buried these two, but who knows? Seems like a waste of a good hole to me. <laughs> yeah, just dig it a little bigger. Why do you need to dig discrete holes for each pair yeah maybe that's the rule two to a hole <laughs> sure <laughs> no more no less mm-hmm. that's it then there's the post credits which I talked about I don't know if it's a post credit sequence or if it's a next time on yeah yeah I on. know what usually happens is it will roll into on the next episode and it didn't really do that this time it just had that black and white teaser of the yeah it's cathedral just, of justice <laughs> right yeah <laughs> so i don't know i don't know if that's part of the episode or if that's i mean it's after a credit but not after all the credits yeah i don't know i i really have no idea it feels like a teaser to me yeah me too but that's it all right. Well, we have a bunch of feedback. Uh, not a bunch. We have <laughs> the feedback you'd expect from the first week back on the show uh, and only two days since the thing is aired. Mm. Um, I'm sure we'll have a lot more next week, but let's go over some feedback. Let's do it. Start off with X, the Eliminator, which sounds like wow. somebody you hire to take out Lalo. <laughs> uh, episode eight was one of the best episodes of TV I've seen in a long time. The shootout at the end was amazing. Vince is a great director. Oh, shit. Was this directed mm, by Vince Gilligan? That explains it. Oh, was this directed by Vince Gilligan? Oh, uh, and we didn't know that. Oops. Yes, it was directed by Vince Gilligan. He is a great director. <laughs> I don't think anybody would dispute that. Uh, he also says Tony Dalton is a hell of an actor. Yes. Mm-hmm. No one will dispute that either. Uh, if they were to spin off another show, who would you like to see it mainly focus on? I actually prefer the Gus slash Mike story, uh, side story uh, in Better Call Saul, so I'd love another series with two main running stories in it. But it was the only—it was only around one character. I think a Lalo series could be really good. I agree. I think a Lalo series would probably be the best out of any of the characters remaining. A Lalo series, or I'd even take a uh, Gustavo back in Chile. No, back in. Um the city where something apparently terrible happened and then he left. It's like his, it's part yeah. of his dark backstory. That was in, in, do I have to say it Chile every time? No, that was back in Chile. Uh, was it? He, he was, okay. yeah, so he was part of the Pinochet regime apparently, which mm-hmm. they talk about it briefly in Breaking Bad. That's one of the things I'm kind of disappointed we never really heard anything about. And I think it's kind of too late to hear much about it unless the Juan Bolsa stuff comes in. I don't know. Uh, we never get a good background on him. You know, there's a stuff when he was a kid with Kwati. Yeah. But 
other than that, like I had the question, how, wh- what did he do during the Pinochet regime? What was he, uh, it felt like he was on the run mm-hmm. from his past and we haven't really got any information about that. Yeah. That's what makes me think there's, there could be a little bit more there to explore if they felt like doing so. I'm sure yeah, you're right. everyone involved in this, most of the people involved are pretty like over. I would cast the guy who plays Ernie as Gus. <laughs> the guy who plays Ernie. Yeah, the assistant. Oh, yeah. To... <laughs> okay, boy, I had to yep. really roll it back there. Yeah. The guy with the sure. car. Sure. Uh-huh. He's too tall, isn't he? <laughs> uh, you just shoot him short. <laughs> you shoot him short. Shoot him short. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I think Lala would be a great uh, other sequel, prequel spinoff if they wanted to do it, but I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Character. Do they have the passion for it, right? Right. Do they have the the de-aging technology <laughs> for it i mean ultimately what's going to make it good is if the writers and and everybody involved is really invested in it mm-hmm. i mean they've been doing this for almost two decades now in the breaking bad universe how many years can you spend on one property and still feel fulfilled yeah if yeah that's kind of what i'm saying if i had spent this long well if I spent like three months on something, <laughs> I'd be pretty <laughs> sure. much over it. But yeah. but especially two decades, yeah, I think I'd be ready to move on to something else. But yeah, I'm not them, so I don't know. Neither am I. All right, Rinaldi says, Lalo is dead, therefore the cartel plotline is over. Howard is dead, so that means the Saul and Kim attorney plotline is over. So where do we go from here? Are we finally going to get a Gene episode and will we switch over from black and white to color? What is Kim going to do after witnessing Howard's death? Will she continue her dream of a full-fledged pro bono law practice, or will she run back to Nebraska or go to parts unknown? What will change Jimmy's motivation to be all in on the money and look for a golden goose client, uh, which ends up being Walter White instead of Kim's well-being? So many questions I have, and yet only five episodes left to answer them. I guess the saying is true, when two plot lines close, three more open. So we have Sandpiper that we need to settle first. Right? I want to see how Cliff reacts to all this. Yeah, we need to know where that money's going. And we need to know what happens to Kim. Because that is, at this point, I feel like that's just about the only thing that makes sense. Mm -hmm. That he is going to lose Kim. And when he loses Kim, he loses his last remaining touchstone to, like, (laughs) morality or decency. He has no reason to give a shit about anything anymore. Does feel like that, and then of course I want to see more Gene stuff. Yeah, I want to see definitely. The true ending of this story. Exactly. It's clear it's see... not over yet. Yeah. Yeah, I just I want to see. All right. Well, let's move on to Reginald D, who I think has some problems with this episode. Ooh. He describes it as ginger ale that's lost its carbonation. The writers of Point and Shoot left us with an episode that is tasty to some degree, but is mostly bland. The tastiest part was when Jimmy immediately goes into shyster Saul mode and talks Lalo into keeping him hostage while letting Kim go. It was also good that they tied up the Howard and Lalo storylines and didn't drag them out needlessly. But those were the few refreshing waves in an otherwise ocean of tedium. How many times have we seen Lalo outwit Mike and his guys? Lalo makes Mike look like a blind man in a dark room, uh, a blind man looking in a dark room for a black cat that's not even there. The main problem with point and shoot is not with its predictability. 
this is a prequel, so a certain amount of predictability is baked into the very fabric of the story, and that's all right. Everyone knew the ship was going down, but millions still flocked to see Titanic. What's bad is that at times, the writing was uninspired and bordering on lazy. The most egregious example is the final showdown between Gus and Lalo. We know that Gus has a hidden gun, has hidden a gun in the super lab, but even with that knowledge, there is a certain amount of suspense present. Will Gus get to the gun in time? If Gus shoots Lalo, will he kill him or just wound him? But when Gus does his cheap imitation of the brilliant soliloquy Nacho gave before he died, it took all the fizz out. By doing this, we knew exactly what was going to happen next. Gus is surely going to kill Lalo now. It was like the writers thought they could recreate that how special that moment was when Nacho took back ownership of his life. But while Nacho's speech was soul-stirring, Gus's blatant ripoff was stomach-turning. Maybe if Gus had used his own vocabulary and the natural inflection of his own voice, it would have been more meaningful. Copying the vulgarity and speech pattern of Nacho was beneath him and insulting to us as an audience. Even though it was a ruse to keep up to keep Lala distracted, it still seemed forced and was off-putting. To be fair, perhaps the writers were trying to show us how clever Gus is by him even using the effective techniques of his enemies. What do you think? Yeah, I think uh, you and I felt pretty differently about this episode. I thought it was pretty good. I knew, yeah, I mean, totally. even though things played out more or less the way that, they, that we thought they were going to, I don't think that's always a bad thing. They managed to... Like we talked about before, they maintained the tension. The acting was A+, plus, spot on. Some of the best, I think, that we've seen even in this season of mm-hmm. the show. Yeah, I agree. Um, I like the moments where we see Gus's facade break. Mm-hmm. I it, it, There's a lot of rage in that guy, and he does very well to hide it most of the time. But when it cracks through you you get you get kind of a truer image of the guy right yeah his uh tirade i guess you could call it didn't really feel like he was trying to imitate anybody it felt like he was just trying to <laughs> tell lalo exact exactly what he thought of him before he took him down yeah i i take your point um it's it's definitely not the character that we see most of the time. Um, vulgarity does seem beneath him, but I don't know. He calls these people dogs, right? He mm-hmm. he he has a very personal vendetta against the Salamancas. Yeah, we know. We know just based on the history. I guess it's helpful to know all of the Breaking Bad stuff too because that oh, totally. gets more into the... The backdrop of or the background with Max and everything, but we know that he fucking hates the Salamancas. So him essentially saying that he fucking hates the Salamancas to a Salamanca's face is not really too far beyond the pale for me. But I can totally I mean, see. I, the other thing about it is like, yeah, take if it takes the fizz out when you know that Gus is going to kill Lalo now. Like you always knew Gus was going to mm-hmm. kill Lalo, or. If you didn't know Gus was going to kill Lalo, you at least knew that this tape was never making it to Donald Audio. Yeah, because it could from the start, from when mm-hmm. from when he's outside in the sewer, like filming. You know, yeah. it's we it know can't that make the, it to him. Yeah, we know the super lab continues apace. Right. Yeah, and that's the thing. That's why I say it was sort of a it's kind of a magic trick what they do with this episode because all of the tension is 
is like a red herring in this. All that timing stuff doesn't mm-hmm. matter because Gus is going to be mano a mano with Lalo by the end, uh, and, and no Jimmy. one's going to be around. The, the no one's no one's timing it out to save him. Right, uh, Jimmy didn't need to talk him into sending Kim instead. No, that, that whole scene was unnecessary. He didn't need to. He he was at the apartment alone. It wasn't mm-hmm. like oh we have to sneak in and and save Jimmy somehow. We already knew that. Like right. all that tension is is created with the the way that this episode is directed yeah just the in the shooting techniques yeah just cutting back and forth between things the the music the lighting the way the shots are framed and we didn't talk about it but yeah that last that shot where gus and lalo are shooting at each other like he kicks the Mm -hmm. the cable the lights go out he runs over the gun i mean it happens so fast and it's it's filmed in complete darkness with the only light being the gunshots. Yeah. Um, I thought that was stylistically just brilliant. It looked amazing. It did. And it sounded good too. Cause even not having, not having any visuals, you could tell that Gus is fucking terrified because he's still shooting <laughs> that right, gun. Right. And also you can tell that he n- doesn't get his hands dirty very often because he is still dry firing the gun. Yeah. And, and Reginald, I don't know if maybe you like that, portion of it better because that that is like a gus i would think of from breaking bad the very poised mm-hmm. gus and the way that they you show the facade cracking there is like he's still pulling the trigger right it's not yeah. flashy it's not him cursing it's just him click 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 it's him not being completely present in the moment exactly he's yeah. more in his brain than he is in the moment so i don't know i think there's definitely I, I can see why people, you know, like Reginald here might have a problem with it mm-hmm. um, because it is not his normal demeanor, certainly. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I didn't quite have that problem. Uh, he also has an issue with Kim, which I don't know. This this one might be more valid. It's it's hard to say. Uh, maybe we can talk about it. He says, Kim used to be Wonder Woman, but the writers of Point and Shoot turned her into Lois Lane, waiting for Superman to save her. Kim is a whimpering mess the whole episode. Mike said she was made of sterner stuff than Jimmy. And all season long, we've seen her masterfully orchestrate Howard's downfall. But in this episode, she's barely recognizable. At times, the scenery of this episode looked like a horror movie. It seemed as though the writers wanted to turn Kim into the stereotypical blonde screaming her head off until Freddy, Jason, or in this case, Lalo, chops it off. Was she threatened to gunpoint by a murdering psychopath? Yes. But so were Jimmy and Gus. They were still cool and calculating, while Kim is barely able to function. Her brain is so scrambled that she was actually going to kill someone on Lalo's orders. This is not resilient. the resilient, super intelligent, resourceful Kim that has been sold to us previously. Perhaps though, this is making a mountain out of a molehill and Kim's reactions were totally understandable under the circumstances. What do you think? I think there's a lot going on in Miss Wexler's brain from the moment that Lalo shows up at their apartment because she's the only one who knew that he was still alive and she didn't say shit about it. So there's that going on in the back of our brain. There's a lot of, I feel like, emotional subtext happening. Which, yeah, you could say, oh, they're they're making a woman emotional. Like, yeah, fine. But also, this is just a very emotional moment. And Jimmy is not holding together. He is falling back into his persona. Yeah. That's not holding together. That's That's just another kind of trauma response. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I, I I don't think Jimmy is. <laughs> uh, I I don't know. So he does go into the salesman mode. I, I think that is like 
And that's as close as you get to, to being cool and calculating in this moment, right? It's like mm -hmm. realizing I don't want her to be in the situation. I'm going to try and get her out of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Kim, Kim has a much closer relationship with Howard. Let's not forget that, right? Mm -hmm. Like for, for Jimmy, Howard is a guy that's, that's thwarted him at every turn and, and he hated the guy for a long time. He wanted him out of his way. Yeah. Right. To stop bugging him. And so it's not quite the event here to Jimmy that it is to Kim. Like she, like you said, she knew this was a possibility because Lala was still alive. She mm -hmm. knew that. She didn't tell Jimmy. Howard got killed because of it right in front of her. Yep. He was bleeding out on the floor. I I would probably be a blubbering mess too if I had just accidentally gotten someone killed and had a gun in my face. The fact that she was even able to drive all the way over there and go up to that door. I guess everybody has a, a line, right? A breaking yeah. point. And Kim, you're right. Uh, Kim has been very cool. She's been mm -hmm. the coolest, most uh, uh, resourceful and intelligent person in the show in a lot of ways. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure how I feel about that. I thought the performance was excellent, but was it within her character? I'm, I don't know. Could go it's a little bit either way. Yeah. I guess we could compare it to the first time that Lalo shows up in their apartment. Oh, and right. She was she was very shaken at that point too, but she wasn't so shaken that she couldn't talk her way out of it. I'm trying to remember if he Well, I'll say this. He hadn't just shot somebody in front of them. No. In that scene. So maybe there's your difference. And he <laughs> he was menacing them. He was he asking was menacing. Jimmy, tell tell me about the thing again. But he wasn't like literally pointing a gun at anybody. I don't think so. I think he was just sitting no. on the couch with them. I mean, I think he, you know, had the gun in his waistband or whatever, but he wasn't sure pointing it at anybody. And again, he hadn't just killed her former <laughs> right. boss of probably, like ten years. That that changes a lot when <laughs> yeah. you real. It, it's the difference between thinking someone might be willing to kill you and, seeing, and knowing for a fact that they will kill you and and have no problem with it, whatever, and smile afterward and make yeah. jokes and be a monster, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. If you try to put yourself in that situation and you realize that you're in the presence of like a, at least a little bit of a sociopath. Oh, yeah. That changes things because you think to yourself that, oh, maybe this person can't actually be reasoned with. Or before mm -hmm. she thought he was more normal, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. I mean, I always give a benefit of a doubt to somebody that I'm meeting for the first time that mm -hmm. they are. And maybe it's it's wrong. Maybe it's not even something I should do. But that they are more like me than not, and he has just proved that he's nothing like them. He is a he is a true monster. And yeah, yeah, he his rationality is his own <laughs> his own yeah. variety of rationality. Yep, for sure. All right, let's move on to John H. Says not a deep observation, but I appreciate how well they fleshed out the characters. I love how when Lalo is getting Jimmy's car so he can go to the super lab and he discovers it's a beige Taurus, <laughs> he gives Jimmy this brief look of disappointment in the choice of cars. Yes. Everybody's always giving him shit for that car. And you know what? He deserves it. Well, not, not to relitigate the past, but what does Lyle drive? Oh, I don't know. Some sedan. Something. Yeah. I'm sure it's basic. a real piece of shit. All right. Probably. Let's move on. Tom W., says, great episode, but I had two questions about character motivations. 
Here's some Kim stuff. Why would Kim risk trying to kill an unknown man who was likely powerful, armed, and dangerous uh, versus bringing in cops? If Lalo can't kill this guy, it's hard to imagine Kim would expect to come out of this plane alive. I think it comes down to she thought Jimmy was dead if she went to the cops. Mm-hmm. That simple. Yeah, loyalty to Jimmy. I mean, you know, she's got an hour. If she gets out there and 15 minutes in says, hey, cops, there's a guy in my apartment. I don't know. Because it, it's a tough thing, right? Like, what are cops going to do? Cops are going to go surround the house. They're going to announce, hey, we know you're in there. Come out. Mm-hmm. And if Lalo is in there, he's going to kill Jimmy. Yeah. He'll have plenty Before of time to kill Jimmy and, and get stop out. Him. Totally. Uh, anyway, number two, why would Lalo think Gus would expose his super lab at gunpoint? Without the lab, Lalo can't justify killing him. So from Lalo's perspective, he should have expected a stalemate. I don't know. It seems like Lalo thought he'd won at this point. That's why he was being so cheeky with the camera and everything. He thought he had him. He calls Gus a house cat. Hmm. Whenever he says that, when he's explaining who Kim or Jimmy is going to go shoot, he calls him a house cat. A house cat that can scratch, but still just a house cat. It's a fundamental misunderstanding of Gus's character. Yeah. Pretty big house cat scratched his neck open. Yep. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's that's always a question, right? What do they value more, their life, or not giving you the information that you want? Right. And I, I don't know. Um, he shoots Gus. He can still look around, try and find the place himself. And I think it just comes down to Gus doesn't want to die. <laughs> Gus doesn't want to die, and he knows that Lala will shoot him to death. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. Gus knows he has one more trick up his sleeve. Therapist Tom says, I love this episode, but two things are throwing me off. Why would Lalo keep Jimmy alive if his plan was to use Kim as bait and never come back to that apartment? I know he says, I have questions for you, which presumably is why we are supposed to believe he's keeping him alive, but clearly his plan was to get Gus at the lab. He knew Mike was going to the apartment, so there's no way he was going to get back there. Mm. is it because he just doesn't care if he gets Gus and he records the super lab he's got what he actually wanted and Jimmy's a nobody he's laser focused on his goal I guess that's how we could explain it away yeah I don't know that that one's a bit more questionable to Mm -hmm. me like why not just shoot Jimmy in the head and leave no that is a that's a pretty good point they try to lampshade it a little bit but I don't know that it fully covers the bulb. <laughs> sure. All right. Was Gus, uh, number two, was Gus's plan to intercept Lalo at the lab? He sniffed out that Kim was bait, but then walked right into the trap, which doesn't make sense unless he thought he could beat Lalo there. Even then, why wouldn't he send guys there to sweep the place rather than leave the safest place in Albuquerque? I mean, he brought four dudes with him. Those four dudes just got handled, though. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, he didn't come completely unprepared. He, the only thing he didn't have was Mike. I mean, it was his plan, right? I mean, mm-hmm. why why plant the gun? Why tamper with the power? Uh, yeah, he fully expected some kind of confrontation in the super lab. He knew that's where Lalo was going eventually. Yeah, he knew that's what he wanted. Yeah, because that's where he'd been sniffing around. I mean, he said, just practically said as much on the phone with Hector. Yeah, and that's why all this stuff where he like figures out 
what heck, uh, what Lalo's up to right away makes sense because he's thinking, how would Lalo get to the super lab? Mm-hmm. How will Lalo get to the super lab that whole time? Yep. All right, James says, my only reason for writing this week is to ask you or if, ask if you or any of your listeners know what those powder blue shoes are that Lalo <laughs> wears. I don't even want to know so I can buy a pair. I'm just genuinely curious what those are. Loafers? Slippers? Are they an expensive brand? Cheap? Does anyone know what those are? They're Nobody... not Crocs. I can tell you that much. <laughs> I thought they were Crocs at first. I was like, my God. <laughs> Have some dignity. Right. You're going you're gonna to hassle Jimmy over his beige Taurus, but then... Excuse wear me, bright taupe. Blue, taupe Taurus, then wear bright blue Crocs. I don't think so, man. Not getting away with that. No, they're, they're some kind of like loafer boat shoe. Still thing. don't match the outfit, so they're no. still in poor taste. Right? I thought he was a better dresser than that, but. I thought he was due. What do I know? <laughs> Sorry, we don't know. Maybe some of our listeners know exactly what those are. Uh, Cy writes in, says, Fear the worst for Gus's men when he took the equivalent of Star Trek's red shirts with him to the super lab. (laughs) In amongst the many Breaking Bad Easter eggs was this, and here's my question. At this point, we were crying foul on Vincent Peters' claims that they didn't have this entire story planned out when Breaking Bad was written. Because if this line is about Howard Lalo's bodies, and he's talking about a scene from Breaking Bad Season 5, Episode 1, where... Hank says after after the super lab blows up, mm-hmm. uh, Hank and Gomi are looking around, and they say there are two bodies there. Mm-hmm. He says he's utterly convinced that they've had it all written from the start. It's too perfect to fit uh, a line from ten years ago. I think but you're it, forgetting that there were two like security guys there. Those were the two bodies. Yes, and Walt shot them. Yeah. before he blew up the lab. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, those there, are not the bodies you're looking for. It would have been amazing if that was true and that they had pre-written or, sure. you know, fleshed out the ideas or strip mine the past because they love to do that. Yeah. They're like, oh, what can, how can we get two bodies down there because we had this line? Sure, but they needed to, they would have needed an excavator <laughs> when they were going through that lab after it was right. blown up because they were explosion deep. like that. They were down there deep. Not sure. Would have been under like the flooring. All that stuff. Oh, yeah. And finally, Josh says, the movie showing when Lalo turns on the TV before he leaves Jimmy and Kim's apartment is the 1950 Born Yesterday. I think this might be the same film that was playing last uh, episode. It had to have been, yeah, because this is the same. Right, they were watching it. They turned it off. Yeah, they paused it. So I guess this is just another angle on how this might fit what we've seen but it's born yesterday in the film harry marries billy at least in part so billy can be compe- can't be compelled to testify against him in court uh later harry signs much of his assets over to billy not knowing she's fallen in love with another man billy agrees Thanks. to give back the assets to harry little by little so long as he agrees to leave her and her new love interest alone hmm. i doubt there's any predictive value here and i certainly can't see kim finding another love interest in the next four or five episodes no not another love interest certainly <laughs> no but eking out money over time eh. yeah he says but we know the bcs folks don't just pick background movies like this randomly and there are some interesting parallels and jimmy does have a lot of money coming his way pretty soon any thoughts yeah you're probably right it probably doesn't have much predictive power on kim but i don't know it's Sometimes a fun it's like movies yeah i mean it's a fun echo of them 
Kim and Jimmy only really got married, so they can't testify against each other. Yep. That's There's a lot of there. money involved soon, maybe. Maybe maybe Jimmy will sign over all of that sandpiper money to Kim as like a I got you into a life I didn't mean to get you into parting mm-hmm. of ways at the end. Maybe. We have no Just idea. See her off with a suitcase full of cash. I did notice uh, in terms of like where Kim is in Breaking Bad, whenever the 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 vacuum repairman tells him that he's going to Nebraska, uh, Jimmy is surprised, or Saul is surprised. He's like, Nebraska? What's in Nebraska? It's not like, ah, oh, Nebraska, you know? Hmm. So yeah. I don't like, know oh, how much that I has to do. See like my Kim, flame. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't know how much Kim being from there actually is going to play into anything. Right. It's and almost like she's not going to Nebraska. That almost confirms that she doesn't go to Nebraska mm-hmm. after this. Yeah. Because he, Except again, is like, there's nothing in Nebraska. What the hell? Maybe she goes to the great Nebraska in the sky where we all go eventually. <laughs> oh, I don't, I don't <laughs> want to have to live out the rest of my uh, spiritual existence in a cornfield. It's forever. In a cornfield? In a Cinnabon made well, for what's two. What's in a cornfield? In a Cinnabon made for two. <laughs> oh, my God. You need to. You need a nap. You're silly I do. today. <laughs> That's it. We're done. Fuck you, Lyle. We're we're going out like that. <laughs> uh, fuck you, Lyle. I guess. Yeah. Thanks everybody for listening. If you want to send us more feedback, you can do so at bcs at baldmove.com. That's better call Saul. Just the letters bcs baldmove.com. Uh, we will be considering all feedback next week that we can because. If you couldn't tell, we didn't get much feedback, and this was already a long feedback section. So Mm. we're going to have to cut a lot of it. But please do send it in, um, especially if you know where those loafers can be had or whatever they are. (laughs) Uh, And I guess, yeah, we'll see you guys next week. We've only got five episodes left. Get to the very end of this thing. It it almost doesn't feel real at this point. It's been going so long. Yeah, it's one of those things I just want to keep going, but I know it won't. (laughs) I know it can't. And it wouldn't serve anybody any good if it did. No. No. The show would eventually get bad. It would. That's what happens to all shows that are on for too long. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this look one's at pushing you, AMC. It. This one's pushing it, you know? I feel like five is a great number for a show, five seasons. Mm-hmm. This one's going on six. I feel like seven is where you really risk ruin. Yeah. Uh, so, good time to get out. And I think, based on what I have saw this episode, they're going out on a high note. They are. They're we'll wrapping see. things up. Very well and very interestingly. Yeah, but we'll talk more about it next week. We shall. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll see you then. See you then. Are you Jim? I'm Alexis.